Good morning, church. Are you glad to be here today? So good to see everybody joining us in the room and online. If this is your first time in a while, we consider you a VIP. I want to let you know that you can fill out that Connect card in the seat back in front of you and drop that in the giving container on the way out. And you can also scan the QR code on the front of that Connect card, uh, and you can answer any of those questions. And so you don't even have to use pen and paper anymore. We've made it much, much easier for you. We recently partnered with the Mississippi Food Network, and so every time you do that, we have been providing food all over the state of Mississippi. We give a donation in your honor. We've provided almost 20,000 meals. So thank you for everybody bringing friends and family. Everybody say family business. I uh, recently heard that the best way to excite everyone in your family about the family reunion is by telling them that it has been canceled. <laughs> How many of you have one of those family reunions? You're like, oh, please be canceled this year. I heard another one this week that uh, one day a boy asked his grandpa, Grandpa, uh, can you make a frog sound? And the grandfather said, why? The little boy said, Grandma says when you croak, we all get to go to Hawaii. <laughs> Everybody say family business. I want to take a story out of the Old Testament today that you may have seldom heard preached in church. It's, it's a little bit of a fascinating, if not morbid story I'm going to be sharing with you today. And I really believe God has a word for you um, in this season of your life that I believe God can speak to us in the next 20 or 30 minutes. I, I just believe, I'm a big believer in the hearing of the word of God. And when the word of God is preached, it just begins to cut and, and, to, and to challenge and to move and to shape things that, that the enemy doesn't want you to hear. It could just be one sentence today, but one sentence can change everything. Can I get an amen, somebody? So I want you to open your heart and open your mind. And if you have your Bibles, you can open them to Judges chapter number four. Judges chapter number four. Verse 15, it says, And the Lord routed Sisera in all his chariots and all his army before Barak or Barak, however you want to word that, by the edge of the sword. Verse 17, But Sisera fled away on foot to the tent of Jael. And Jael came out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my Lord, turn aside to me. Do not be afraid. So he turned aside to her into the tent, and she covered him with a rug or a blanket. Verse 19, and he said to her, please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened up a skin of milk and gave him a drink and covered him. And he said to her, stand at the opening of the tent, and if any man comes and asks you, is anyone here? Say, say no. Verse 21. But Jael, the wife of Heber, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand. And she went in softly to him and drove the peg into his temple until it went down into the ground while he was lying fast asleep from weariness. And so he died. How many of you already are thinking, how is he going to preach out of this today? 
Here's the context of the story we just read. Israel, God's people, are at war with the Canaanites. And they were fighting in the land that God had given them. The Canaanites were trying to overthrow them. Sisera uh, was the commander in the Canaanite army. Scripture lets us know this was a vast army. He had around 900 iron chariots. This was an extremely intelligent group of people that the chariots that they had had swords on them in a way that they could run through a crowd and cut the other army to pieces without ever raising a finger. They had such, such advanced technology. Just the near mention of the name of Sisera would strike fear in Israel. He was a powerful and cruel man who oppressed the Israelites for over 20 years. 20 years, a long time. But we see in the story, when you read it in context, what happens next is that the war for 20 years, the Canaanites have been fighting against the Israelites. And somewhere in the battle, the Bible begins to let us know that the battle is now turning in the favor of the Israelites. And Sisera's men were annihilated. And now we find Sisera in this story, this, this man, this, this beast, this intimidating individual now gets out of his chariot and begins to run and flee on foot. Now, he then runs to a woman's tent that the scripture lets us know that he was connected to that individual. He knew that the man of the house had relationship with the king that he worked for, and they were all on good terms. So he goes to the tent. Let me start here. There are battles in the city. There are battles oftentimes in nations. There are battles in companies and churches and political parties. There are racial fights. There are financial divisions. But you can even have war at work. But every once in a while, the war will walk right into the front door of your home. And Sisera has come to the house of J.L., Everybody say family business. And my first question for you today is simply this. What has entered your house? What conversations have begun to take place? And what mentality has begun to slip in? What familiarity has become a roommate in depression and anger? Has unfaithfulness slipped into your house? Has abuse slipped in? JL, I, I, I know that you may look good on the outside, and we're talking about family business, but the reality of it is, JL, you have some trouble in the tent. And if we were honest today, we could go around the room and ask questions that what has slipped in on computers and phones and what's slipped in on TV, what's under the mattress, what's in the pill bottle, what anger has come in, what offense has settled into your and I's heart that we stand today with some trouble 
in the tent. And I think another way to ask you is not what has entered your tent. Here's another way to ask you, who has entered your tent? Because sometimes what I have found out, what we find in the book of Genesis, is that Adam and Eve had a good thing going at home. And in slipped the serpent, the third voice, coming in and manipulating and deceiving the situation. Remember that? Caused some problems in the home. Adam's blaming Eve. Eve's blaming the serpent. One generation later, their kids are killing each other. We got a problem. We got a trouble in the tent. And I just want you to understand something. I posted this a few weeks ago. I just want to say it again, that when God wants to bless your life, he'll bring a person into your life. But when the devil wants to derail your life, he also brings a a person into, am I talking to anybody? When I say who has walked into your house, it doesn't mean that they have physically walked into your house. It just means they have influenced you. And when you walk into your house, though they may not be there, they walked in with you. Because somebody, I feel like preaching today, somebody has influenced you. It could be somebody on the golf course has influenced you to think a certain way or to make certain decisions, or to lighten up on certain characteristics, or, or to let your convictions, that could just be somebody you're texting, or somebody you're hanging out with, but somebody has probably walked into your house with you, though they've never had a key, may not even know your address. Am I talking to anybody at 9 a.m.? Now, now, when Sisera walks into the house, I need you to understand that Sisera has a way of snuggling in and settling in. The scripture lets us know something like this, that we can't give no place to the devil. It ain't worded exactly like that with a double negative in the sentence, but it's Mississippi, you know what I'm saying. You can't give no place to the devil. Can I get an amen? Once Sisera gets into the house, we find some interesting happens. Once this Sisera spirit sneaks in and depression sneaks in and anger sneaks in and, and, and untrust sneaks in and lying sneaks in and unfaithfulness sneaks in, what, what happens next is he says to her, can you get me something to drink? Can you get me some water? Give me some more. Here is what happens next. After Sisera gets in the house, Sisera will start making requests. He wants to know what you're going to give up. And so it seems innocent. The Bible lets us know she goes in the kitchen. She comes out with a big glass of milk for a little old Sisera. And what he lets her, what she's letting him know is that your request is my command. Whatever you're wanting, I will provide. Actually, above and beyond, because water's easier to get than milk. Can I get a witness? She comes in and gives him what he asks. I wish I could go around the room today and just ask you, what have you given to Cicero? I know it's just a glass of milk, but it's a huge implication that he has taken authority into this house. He is implying, he is taking his liberties. He's getting comfortable. And it may look like a glass of milk on a Sunday morning, but to somebody in this room, Sisera slipped in 
and ask for your peace and your joy and, and your happiness. Maybe Sisera slipped in and took your faithfulness to the house of God away. Maybe Sisera slipped in and, and where you used to worship, you don't worship like you used to because when Sisera got in the house, he took your confidence away. I mean, you used to pray, but every time you try to pray, you hear the voice of the enemy saying, you know what you did. You know God doesn't hear you. You know you're faithless. You know you don't have faith. And the whole time Sisera's over there drinking the milk, knowing you just let the wrong guy into your house. I once talked to an individual not long ago who was telling me that, um, that he had an affair and he, it had come out in the open and it was already done and it was a very bad situation and I asked him, how did it happen? How, how do you get to that point? And he used these words, I've never forgot this sentence. This is so profound. And we've heard the illustration before, or, but, but I've never heard it said like how he said it. It was, he said it was just a death by a thousand cuts. Have you ever heard that analogy? Death by a thousand cuts. Meaning Sisera gets in, seems innocent. When Sisera gets into your family, it just seems innocent. It's just, he's tired, he's... But once he gets in, it starts with a glass of milk. It just starts with a request. And, and when you really think about it, this individual telling me death by a thousand cuts just started with one message, one second look, one moment where he lets his guard down, one moment where the eyes just lingered a little longer than they should have, and now Sisera started making requests. Sisera starts taking position in the home. Starts taking peace and joy and victory. Am I talking to anybody this morning? And, and here's what happens next. The Bible lets us know that he goes in and he says, go stand. This is so powerful. He says, go stand. Go stand at the door. Number one, this is a guest, mind you. He's telling her what she's going to do. He says, go stand at the door. And if anybody asks anything about me or if there's anybody in your house, you tell them no. Here's the next point. Sisera wants to dictate the narrative. Once Sisera gets into the house, once depression gets into the house, and, and all of a sudden he's now beginning to ask of things from us, and we're giving up our freedom and giving up our joy and giving up our victory. Watch what happens next. He goes, now don't tell nobody I'm in here. Are you seeing this? This is just like what I'm telling you. Thousands, if not millions of families are struggling with this because here's the reality. Sisera is telling us, don't, don't tell nobody. Don't tell no. The last thing you want to do is tell your pastor that you two are sleeping in different bedrooms. Don't tell nobody. But keep posting like date night was awesome. Am I talking to anybody? 
That, that, that don't tell nobody that little Johnny got kicked out of school. Don't tell nobody that your daughter, and the enemy wants us to get quiet about the struggle in our home. Mm. Cicero says, don't, don't say anything about what's happening in this address. And he's trying to dictate the narrative. Don't, don't tell anybody about your sleepless nights or the milk that you lost or the family and the intimacy or the purity and the depression. Don't say anything at all. In fact, after she gives him the milk, after she has said, I'm going to stand, he says, go stand at the door. After she says, okay, the Bible lets us know that she takes in the King James Version, and in this translation, says a rug, but she takes a blanket and she covers him up. This is one of the greatest tactics of the enemy. We're talking about family business, is he wants you to cover up and not tell anybody anything what's going on in your house. He don't want you to be honest about it. He don't want you to have accountability. He don't want you to speak up. He don't want you to tell anybody. He wants you to not, he, shh, shh, just go to sleep. Just go to sleep. Don't tell nobody that he hit you because he could lose his job. Don't, don't tell nobody that your son or your daughter has made some mistakes and, 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 and we're too afraid to tell anybody because we're gonna be judged and in a culture where presentation is everything, where your posts are everything, where your reputation, where we've become our own PR directors. Shh, go to sleep, sister. I got you, we'll cover this up. It uses the word rug. Sweeping something under the, am I talking to anybody who knows what it's like to just know, like, sister, just go to sleep now. Nobody, just, 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 I'll go watch at the door. And the Bible says that Sisera, after a warm glass of milk, after being welcomed into the house, after being lulled to sleep and comforted, given all of this permission, the Bible says he then falls asleep. Sisera will start assuming, at some point, will start assuming that you won't take any action. Because at some point, we've stayed silent for so long that we have gotten accustomed to the arguing we, we have gotten accustomed to the dysfunction in our family. We just feel it's normal that we fight all day. Am I talking to anybody? We, we just feel like this is how it's supposed to be because this is how it, it feels. And so we just get stuck somewhere along the way. And sister sleeps in our home. I wish I can go around Pastor Tyson and just ask people, and go story to story. I know there's people in here that you just didn't expect your life to go this way, but it just happened because somebody knocked on the door. The Bible says the thief comes, the thief comes, the thief comes, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I've just come to tell somebody the devil hates your family. 
He doesn't want you in church. He doesn't want you worshiping God. He doesn't want you praying together. He doesn't want you loving each other. He doesn't want you doing life together. So be, like I said last week, if he could break up the family, he could break up the nation. When he breaks up the nation, he breaks up the world. He has gone upstream to destroy families. Shh, sister, just don't tell nobody. Don't get counseling. Don't get prayer. Don't call your small group leader. Just, just go and we're suffering in silence. And while we're suffering in silence, sister sleeps away. I'm talking about family business. This is real stuff. If I could go around the room today, I know there's some sisters that have snuck in, got in, got involved, got connected, made some decisions, started asking for people. And I wish I could talk to individuals today, and I've talked to many of you, that the glass is half empty now. The rug has covered the situation, and you're standing at the door. Protecting your image, protecting what people, protecting your your reputation. Don't don't tell nobody. Shh, no. What's interesting? Scholars are not sure of how this happened. Some teach and believe that JL was initially showing hospitality in hopes that someone was coming, and that she ended up taking matters into her own hands. Let me pause there and say this: This ain't the sermon, but you can't wait on everybody else to fight what's in your home. I can't fight for you what you gotta fight. I, I, you can't call, you can get prayer and you can do it. We're gonna come together. We're gonna, but at the end of the day, that's your house and your pastor or your small group leader or your mama can't fight in your house where well, you're supposed to fight in your house. Others believe that she was initially welcoming and that somehow she was informed by God. The scripture lets us know she was, she was on that kind of that side in the Canaanite army. She was connected to the king. Her husband, she's running with them. So you could imply or believe that she was, this was somebody they could have peace with. And Sisera comes in. And some believe that either she was informed of the danger in her home or God spoke to her about the danger in her home. But something drastically happened between verse 20 and verse 21. Because there's hell hath no fury like a woman. Can I get an amen, men? That, that, that the woman literally, like we were just milk and blankets. We were just milking blankets, and, and I, I'm just going to help you. The Bible really doesn't give us a lot of insight other than it verifies that women are crazy. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure it's true, but women have a verse 20, and they also got a verse 21. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Is my wife laughing? I'm too afraid to look. After this dangerous individual walks in her house, after this spirit, this attitude, this mentality, after depression has walked in, 
After anger has walked in, after, after divorce has walked in, after abuse has walked in and slithered into the house, the scripture lets us know he asked for something, he's now got a glass of milk, she covers him up with a blanket, she puts him under the rug, as the scripture says in the King James. Now she's standing at the door protecting her reputation and the story doesn't end in verse 20. Can I tell you today, your story doesn't have to end in verse 20. Yeah, yeah, the devil has told somebody that once you've let in, he can never get out. Once you've allowed that spirit or that mentality or that dysfunction into your home, you are destined for brokenness and divorce court and problems and situations. But we serve a God of verse 21. I, I don't know who I'm talking to, but we serve a God. He's too good to not believe. You're sitting in a room full of miracles where people have had brokenness and shame and hurt and sorrow, but the very touch of the presence of God, things can become in order. Things can come together. Sickness can go and people can be healed. People who are broken can become mended, all in a verse 21 moment. I just choose to believe that when the enemy comes in, the Bible says like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises standard against it. I, I just choose to believe that no weapon formed against your family or your son or your daughter shall be able to prosper. If you believe it, give God a big amen right there. I don't want you to be mistaken in believing that Sisera's not coming. You may be in a good season, in a good time, but just know that Sisera has an agenda to steal, to kill, and to destroy your family and your hope and your dreams and your children. But he wasn't counting on or expecting Sister JL to have a crazy side. Because hear me today, hear me today, I am fully convinced, I don't know how else to tell you, I wish I wasn't like this, I've told my wife there's something wrong with me, but just tell, just hear me today, there is an aggressive part of faith. I just believe that, that we get so passive and we say, oh God, if it's your will, we just ask you, God, to help me and to strengthen. But there are some of us that the only way this works is if we get aggressive and we fight back and we push back and you try to scare us off, but we keep tithing and we keep coming and we keep praising and we, because there's just something on the inside of us. A little bit of a pit bull. Everybody should have a little bit of a pit bull on the inside of. Maybe a bulldog, Mississippi, I don't know. But something should be inside of you that when the gates of hell are rocking in your house, you stand up and say, no devil in the name of Jesus. You ain't got no right over my teenager. You have no right over my home. You have no right over my marriage. As for me and my house, I would have preached if you shout or not. I will, if I gotta stand at the doorway of my house and scream in the front yard and tell every devil to back up, I'll do it. I don't care what the neighbors think. I will do it because something inside of us have to have a JL spirit. Oh, I'm just insane. I've lost my mind. I'm not saying go in your kid's room with a hammer and a spike. 
but I'm saying walk up in that kid's room when they're sleeping and declare the word of God over that child, plead the blood of Jesus, and remind every devil in hell, that's mine. They're anointed, they're blessed, they're covered in the name of Jesus. Good God. Feel like I'm helping somebody today. The, the, the enemy ain't counting on some JL crazy psychopath Christian to have this. Well, let me just quote Jesus when he said, the kingdom of God suffer violence, but the violent, take it by force. Take it by force. Here's what I'm saying, that, that, that I, I'm just concerned. We got a lot of passivity when we came to Jesus. Some of you will fight in the club like that before you got saved. Hopefully you, <laughs> before the cross. You will fight, some of you girls, there's nothing like a woman fighting another woman. That is horrifying, isn't it? Like, but hear me, some of us would fight before the cross, throw down, cuss somebody out, you know what I'm saying? Then you get saved. You, I don't raise my hands at church. I'm just gonna be, I'm a good Christian now. God has delivered me from all that crazy stuff. Well, let me just tell you something. You're still crazy, let's start there. <laughs> it's still in there. You just need to learn to direct it toward the pits of hell. Get a little attitude about it. One time, once I wasn't planning on telling this story, but one time I remember this pastor said that he had all these people in the front of his church and he had opened up the altar and there were people that were newly born again. And he said, how many of you, you know, just like 300 people give their lives to Christ, amazing service. And, and some of these people, they're just newly saved. And he says, now I want you to declare that God's good. They're like, God's good. Say, I'm saved, I'm saved. Now I want you to take a minute and tell the devil what you think. And he looked down and everybody was cussing the middle fingers in the air, <laughs> cussing the devil out. That's a JL spirit right there. I'm not saying go home and flip the devil off and cuss the devil out, but I'm saying there should be something of aggression. Something that's just a little rough around the edges and be like, uh, uh, no, 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 no. You're just not taking over. I, you just don't have a right to come in, start asking me for my hard-earned milk. I've been, I've been wanting joy in my house for years. You're gonna come in and take it? I've been praying for victory in my house for decades. I've been praying for my kids to have peace, and now you're gonna take my kids' peace? Not in my house. And, and J.L., the Bible says something happened, and, and, and the Bible says he, she's at the doorway. That's where he told her to be. And, and while she's at the doorway, Scripture lets us know that she comes back. But this time, the sister didn't bring no milk. This time, she's not bringing no blankets. Uh, this time, she's not coming uh, with a comforting attitude. She's not allowing him to be comfortable no more. She, she comes back, the Bible says, with a nail in one hand and a hammer. I'm telling you, women are nuts. Come in with a hammer in the other. Now, hear me. You can say it like this. This woman, she was tough as nails, showing up after he'd been sleeping a little while. The Bible says 
going to kill this dude right here. Takes the spike. And she, with just, I mean, I don't know how she did it. But she somehow realized who's in here can't stay here. That, that, I'm trying to help somebody get to that point right now. That what you could have allowed in your family business, in your family attitude, in your family spirit, in your family home, in your kids' room, what you, you just, it just can't stay here. And she shows up and she takes the peg and the hammer and she puts this peg, this nail through his head and pins him to the ground, killing him. I, I just need you to hear me today. This is the final point, and we're going to close this thing down. Put a nail in it. Put a nail in it. You ever heard there's a, the, the nail in the coffin? You know, that's the nail in the coffin. At some point, there has to be an attitude that says, you know what? I don't, I, I'm not exactly sure how to fix this marriage, but if I got to go to counseling, I'm going to put a nail in it. If we got, if, if I know it may look like it's hard right now, but as for me and my house, we're going to get up and we're going to go to church and we're going to keep hammering and we're going to keep hammering. We're going to do what we got to do. We're going to pray when we need to pray. We're going to have faith and we got to have faith because I'm trying to put a nail in this thing. I'm going to pin down what's been running around in my house. I don't care who knows that we have to get, go to the front for prayer. I, I don't care who knows that me and my kid are in counseling. Right? I don't care who knows that we're on a fast to see a miracle in my house because it's the Cicero means business. I may need an accountability partner, but I'm putting a nail in it. Sisera put a nail, used a hammer and a nail to secure her home. Noah secured his family's safety with a hammer and a nail. Jesus built a family with a hammer and a nail. I don't know who I'm preaching to. But I've come to tell you, everything can change with a hammer attitude and a nail mentality that says, listen, honey, I'll hold the nail if you'll swing the hammer. Because for me in my house, there is no Cicero allowed to stay. And I made up my mind, you can't stay in my house no more. Come on, if you believe it, you might as well put your hands together. You might as well act like Cicero can't stay. You might as well clap like Sisera's leaving your home. Come on, you might as well raise those hands and clap those hands and give God a praise and say, that as for me and my house, what the enemy meant for evil, I put a nail in it. I put a nail, I prophesy in the name of Jesus over single moms, 
dealing with discouragement, put a nail in it. I pray in the name of Jesus, divorce devils that have been knocking on doors. We pray and rebuke the spirit of division. Put a nail in it. Get out of our families. Get out of our churches. Discouragement, depression, and anxiety, and suicidal thoughts. We command it to leave your home in the name of Jesus Christ. Put a nail in. You can stay standing. Put a nail in. Put a nail in. Don't feel guilty for being aggressive with your faith. Don't apologize for being a little feisty. Because hear me, I, I'm fully convinced that if you're going to get everything that God has for you, you're going to have to be aggressive. You, you're going to have to be tough. I, I really can't do, you know, I was watching a movie the other day, and the preacher came out, and, and he was real, uh, he just wasn't tough enough. You know what I'm saying? Like Hollywood had depicted this preacher to be real soft. And he's giving advice to this individual and it's real soft advice. And it's love everybody and milk and cookies and apples in the morning and bless your name. I said there, I'm like, dude, if that was me, I would look at that person. And many of you who sat with me and we've had counseling, I'm not a good counselor, okay? I'm not, I just, if you want it, Go to that one. He's pretty good at it. That's what I say. Go to Pastor Aaron. I'm not the guy because, because I, I talked to a counselor one time and she said, you just can't tell people what the problem is. I'm like, well, you sure enough can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. No, no, no. The counseling is to help people discover things on their own. You turn the lights on. I was like, well, I don't do, I turn the lights on. I will tell them, treat everybody right. You need to quit that job. You need to walk. I just... Just don't come to me for counseling because it's probably inaccurate, but it feels good when I say it. <laughs> but here's the thing, Carl. It just, aggression. Have faith. Fight back. Have an attitude a little bit. Push in the spirit. Get up in the morning if you gotta get up early and declare the word of God and, and just worship him. And, 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 and when you get to the house of God, you raise those hands and, and you spend time in the presence of God and you clap like you mean it and you shout like you mean it because you're in warfare. Warfare. Because Sisera has come. But today, somebody is realizing Sisera's got to go. Father, I pray over every family, every home, every man, every woman, every teenager, I pray in the name of Jesus that they have a hammer and a nail attitude. That what has tried to slip in their home, what has tried to get into their faith, what has tried to drain them and discourage them. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, victory, healing, prosperity, blessing, miracles. God, I pray for strength to come. 
The lady in the yellow up on the top, uh, way up here, I can't see your face. You got something in your left hand. I pray in the name of Jesus, he's going to bless you. He's going to open up the windows of heaven over your home. He's going to do something in your house, your address, where you live, that you're going to know Sisera used to live here, but he's dead today in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Victory. Bless our families and our homes in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, if you believe it, put your hands together.